And now, here's this episode of the Elevating IT Podcast, sponsored by Audit. We are live. Welcome, everybody. It's Friday. It's 2 o'clock. My name is Mike Brooks. I'm joined here by Frank Benedetto. Welcome, Frank. Good afternoon, Mike. How was your week? It was... The same as last week. <laughs> we say that every week. We do this every week. Um, <laughs> this is like uh, you know, I don't get out much anymore. <laughs> How about you? How was your week? Did you get out? You're getting out more than not, I'm getting. Out. Not really. I mean, I I haven't been out. Like I know people that are like grabbing lunch and going to dinner and stuff. And I haven't done anything like that. I've actually today and yesterday. I've actually been watching uh, Robin's uh, Producers Club, so uh, I just get some good time, good content as always. And it's funny the main theme of everybody that's on stage is people have been saying how like it's so great to be back on stage that they've been doing Zooms for four months. So a little bit jealous uh, in that respect. Um, but yeah, I haven't really been out too much. Not not really risking things. So right. Well, this is the Elevating IT podcast as well as our Facebook and YouTube live. So if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, joining us live, please comment here. And uh, let's see. Um, Robin Cole is with us. He said, I tried to get Robin to, I can never pronounce that word, delineate, delineate. Delineate. <laughs> delineate. I always mess up that word. Her 19-minute questions. Her 19-minute questions. I don't understand the question. I don't understand. I'm not following you, Robin, but Robin Cole's here. We're always great to see Robin Cole. Absolutely. And um, yeah, today we're going to talk about the real thing you should be selling in your MSP. Um, uh, the 10-minute call, Robin, Robin said. So you might know what he's talking about there. I Because I think that this comes down to what you guys were talking about, or, or I guess what you were watching at Robin's event. Yeah, well, the whole idea of the 10 minute call, um, we had we had talked about this before, but is to Robin has a, uh, a campaign called the closer look and it, it's, it's designed to get um, a prospect to agree to a quick 10 minute call with you. It's like a pre assessment type call. Um, the idea is right now people may not be willing to commit to a full uh, assessment where you come in so it's a quick uh, evaluation and what what uh, Robin and I did Robin Robbins was we used audit and we created a quick nine-point category and obviously we had to restrict the questions to things that they're provoking questions but they're also ones that we thought that you know the the person on the other line a CEO or you know a, a office manager operations manager would would know the questions too so there were eight and then the ninth one was actually um, uh, one uh, for dark web, right? Because that one you can do a lookup beforehand. And uh, at the end of your 10-minute call, you can generate a real quick uh, uh, PowerPoint deck from audit, and then you could share your screen. So the call, obviously, we were talking about is more of a Zoom call. So you share your screen really quickly, and you can give them a score right then and there. Uh, so I think Robin's asking what the nine questions were uh, actually inside of audit if you go in there we created a category 
and you could see the audit items. Uh, you can also change that. So you can clone it and you can edit it and you can change it to whatever nine you think is appropriate. But I think that is uh, what he was asking. He was trying to get Robin to enumerate the nine questions. Uh, she didn't have those in front of her, but, um, but that's where I think we were going with that. Got it. And we did a um, episode on that last week or the week before um, recently. Uh, the, the weeks are really uh, running into each other here <laughs> for me being not getting out of the house. Like literally, I don't think I've walked out of my house all week. So yeah, you were a little bit grumpier this week than usual. So I think, you know, maybe you should you know take a break and go for a walk or something. Get go for a ride. ride. Like, do you know that I have only put gas in my car uh, once since March? And the only reason, the only reason I put gas in my car is because I had three quarters of a tank and I'm like, I should just go take advantage of the cheap gas prices. So I filled it back up and I, that was it. Like, I think I've been in my car once or twice. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. Like you do things and you don't know why you're doing them, but you just go, well, everybody else is doing it. So I better do it. So early on, I think it was in early March, you and I were in Houston. So I came home. So I, I went to the bank and I took like a bunch of cash out and I felt like I was like, I don't know, like a bank robber. Like I don't normally carry this much cash in my pocket. I didn't know where I would spend it or what I would do with it or what I thought was going to happen. But, you know, a bunch of people convinced me. So I took out cash and then I was driving past the gas station. And like you, I, I really didn't even need gas, but there was a line and I was like, I better get on the line. And, you know, I guess it's the same reason why everybody bought toilet paper. I didn't do that, but uh, I got gas. And then I think I filled up twice since then. Um, I can't even tell you where I drove. It was all little, you know, like what is it called? city driving, you know, like little crappy. Right. I got like four miles to the gallon and, and used up my gas. So yeah, I haven't really been anywhere. I actually did go on the uh, Garden State Parkway and uh, I felt like an adult the other day. On Wednesday, I did. I, I went to a client's office. Pretty cool. You know, they took my temperature, you know, they had a little head electronic thing. And, uh, you know, we wore masks and then uh, it wasn't there very long, but uh, it was a necessary meeting. But I haven't really been on site much with clients, but that was good to actually press the flesh. And as they say, and you have to see, see some real people. So it's awesome. Well, let's um, talk about our topic today. You know, we're and this is going to be a recurring a little bit of a recurring topic. The real yeah. thing you should be selling is is what we titled this. And, and we wanted to kind of dive into some some things on this and we'll we'll tease that we're going to talk about this over the coming weeks but we want to just talk about one thing today um you're not when you're selling technology you're not selling technology you know what i mean like you're selling a solution right to something and that is and we've talked about this before it's it's a problem right it's a problem that somebody has you're, you're creating a solution to a problem. And it's such a simple and important way to approach selling. And I think that really separates people when they go into something and say, you know, diagnostically or analytically, you know, or consultatively, that's what I'm trying to say is like a doctor, you know, going in and assessing what's going on with the patient, trying to understand it deeply. And, and we talked a little bit last week, I think it was about asking questions, you know, and, and solving problems starts with asking questions. So 
that's what you know that's one of the things that you should one of the real things that you should be focusing yeah. on right and again we're going to talk about it as coming week in the coming weeks is is solving a being a solution to a problem yeah i mean at the end of the day there's uh if there's no problem there is no sale i mean that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day um unfortunately a lot of people when they're selling think that they're selling products and services and that's what we're trained to believe that's what the vendors you know help us understand so you know every vendor that we have has a product or, or service and sometimes multiple ones and we learn all about it we learn the tech about it and sometimes you know in our industry the uh, you know the IT industry we get excited about that product or service and that's what we have on our mind when we're we're going out there to sell. So they say sometimes you're, you know, you 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 have that first. And if that's what you're doing, um, most of the times you're going to miss the mark. You know, and it might work okay in a, in an upsell or a cross sell situation. But what we're really talking about is when you're trying to get a brand new customer, and you've got to figure out what their problems are. And to the best of my knowledge. You can't do that by, you know, running scanning tools, right? Scanning tools will help you gather the forensic evidence that will support your solution. So it's necessary. However, you've got to have a business level conversation and you have to continue to, to dig in and you've got to figure out what the problem is. And the one thing that you can never do either is you can't take the customer's word for it, right? Because Many times they don't know what they don't know. We're, we do this all in our, in our lives in all different you know, areas. Um, I, I remember, I'll give you a good example. I went to the doctor and I, I think it was two summers ago, I had myself convinced I had Lyme's disease, right? I didn't feel good and I was just tired. And uh, I don't know if someone put the, the, the bug in my head or if I, if I read something. And then I did what many of us do, I start Googling, right? And I, I had every symptom of Lyme's disease. Now, what I didn't realize was that I had every symptom of pretty much every everything. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. I've so, got whatever it is they're talking about. So, yeah. So I go to the doctor and he says, so what's going on? And I tell him, I think I have Lyme disease. Right. And I, he, you know, he's heard, you know, I mean, you, people tell doctors what's wrong with them all the time. So he gives me the, the usual smirky look and he goes, all right. He goes, did you get bit by a tick? I said, I don't know, not that I don't know of, but, but of course I read, you know, you don't always get a rash or the bullseye. So of course I know. So I said, I don't think so. So he's, well, were you anywhere you were, you might've been bit by a tick, like within the last, you know, whatever he said, six weeks. I'm like, no. So he's like, all right. So he said, look, we'll give you a blood, we'll give you the blood test. Right. But he says, I don't think you have Lyme disease. So give me the blood test and I don't have Lyme disease. And so then what do I do is I Google and I find out, well, you know, sometimes they're, they're false, they're false negatives, right? Sometimes you have it and it says you don't have it yet. So like a week or two go by, I still don't feel good. And I, they were, they told me to follow up. So I tell them, I go, I still don't feel good. You know, I still think, so I go back there again and he, you know, basically proceeds to tell me, you know, if I give you another test, it's going to still be negative because it's only like a week, a week ago, right? We'd have to wait like another three weeks. He goes, wait three weeks and let's see what happens. And he said, if you still don't feel good, I'll test you again. Well, guess what? I, I magically cured myself because I stopped fixating that I had Lyme disease right. and I was fine. 
But I did ask him if he, I go, well, why don't you just prescribe me antibiotics just in case? Because I figured like, what's the danger? He goes, we don't do that. We don't just give you antibiotics because you think you might have something. <laughs> and I felt like a real jerk. But in a moment, like this made total sense to me. And the more I thought about it afterwards, I said, this is really stupid. But the point is, is that people do this to us in IT all of the time, right? We get a phone call from somebody, oh, I need, uh, I need new access points. Now, I could sell you the access point, but I have no idea what your problem is. So I, I learned long ago, I never take face value what they say. I go, okay. I said, well, tell me what's going on. Why do you think that? And then I keep asking why. And you know what I do is I stop talking and I listen. Right. And right. they and and then and, and I don't ask open-ended questions, you know, like that could be just like yes, no. I want to, you know, drill out that. And and what I'm doing in the first step, you know, it's like the first truth in selling is to expose the problems. And um, good old-fashioned fact-finding, taking really good notes and really getting to the bottom of it. And um, and then you can start to go, you know, to the to the next piece of this, which is, you know, I think we're going to talk about this next week, but it is really about the gap, right? And that kind of exposes the, the, the difference between what their current state is and what their future state is, right? And that is what the problem helps to analyze. And that's starting getting... To closer to what you're talking about, which is what we're really selling. Sure. Sure. You know, you know I think you know, the I think sale, is, sale really is really made, made or lost the moment you start asking questions um, so, to uncover that problem because if you get that wrong and it's so easy to get it wrong. It really, really is so easy to get it wrong. But if you get it wrong, you're going to come up with the wrong solution. And, and I would, I would challenge everybody listening to it to, Think back to a time when you went looking for something, right? You went to buy something. You thought, you know, um, I need, I need new. Um, and, and I know there was something with my car that happened. I wish I could remember it. Now I'm blanking out. I brought my car into because I thought I, I needed something. I'll give you an even better example, like. Um, you know, imagine I have a friend who's a roofer and this happens to him all the time. He does roofs and gutters and he has saved people tens of thousands of dollars by going out and fixing gutters where the people thought they were going to buy a roof. Mm -hmm. Right. So you, you have to be, and, and he does it, he does it by fact finding, right? He goes up on the roof and he looks and they're, they're complaining because they're getting water in their house. He goes up on the roof, he looks around, he, he assesses the situation and he goes, you know what? It's because of the gutters, not the roof. And, and here's why. And in our business, you know, in, in the IT world, you've got that fact finding that you've got to do. Like I can't go up on my roof and look around and, and diagnose it. And I did the same thing. I still can't remember the example. I went, took my car in because I thought it needed something. And it turned out I needed something else. But the only the only way they found out what it really needed is by asking me questions and by looking at the car. And um, yeah, I didn't know. I'm not the expert. Yeah, they talk about too. You know, you can't afford to sell um, the prospect less than what they need because if you do and you and or you don't really truly understand the problems, it, it could come back to haunt you. I mean, in, in my doctor example, I mean, the guy said, "No, I'm not giving you antibiotics." But imagine he did. And imagine that caused some other issue right. and then it came back and what's the doctor going to say? Well, the, the patient asked me for antibiotics. He thought he had Lyme. So I gave it to him. Right. So yeah. And in, in our industry, um, I mean, you could get, 
all sorts of you know bad things ransomware you know, you could there could be you know uh, data exposed um you know loss of data so there's there's some real bad things that could happen so you really do need to as a first step understand that you know you need to figure out what, what the problem is and they're not going to buy if the if the uh, gap between the current state and your your proposed state right isn't wide enough right because that's where the value is of your solution so if there's not enough, you know, of a gap in there, people are unlikely to buy from you. And that's okay too. You know, you better, you, you might want to find that out for up, out up front. So you don't waste your time, you know, going from, you know, doing all these proposals only to find out that they're unlikely or unmotivated uh, because of a small amount of value in your solution. So um, you know, those are some of the uh, things that as a first step are really important to understand. If you go in with that mindset and, and it's funny because, probably 10 years or more ago, that was the mindset I had, right? If I was going to go in and do an evaluation, there really wasn't any good software to gather any sort of technical details. So I had to have a conversation. So I would sit down and I would ask the prospects, so tell me what's, you know, tell me what's going on. And I would do fact finding. I took notes and they talk and, you know, I used my expertise as they're telling me what's going on, just like your friend with the, with the roof, you know, you're, you're, they're describing a symptom and you, you as the expert, you're able to back into what you think the problem is, right? It's a bit, usually something different or it's bigger and not just, you know, what the symptom is. So I would take notes and have business level discussions. And, and it's funny because those clients are some of my longest term clients and I have some of the best relationships with them because that's how the relationship started where I listened to their needs really solved for a problem and then we've you know developed that relation continue to do so um there was a, a another point in time where i i sort of abandoned that approach because i thought it'd be easier to just gather up you know the technical details and i scanned for stuff and i thought if i could show them you know basically what the results of all the tests were they would just buy from me because they'd be horrified oh my god uh you know there's five uh, accounts on the server that haven't had a password change for more than a year and that would like you know make them leap into action and much to my surprise that's not what happened and i could think of a few clients that are not my clients anymore we had we had very thin veiled relationships um they were based more on me you know selling product and service never really built the relationship and uh, a couple of years ago, uh, when we, you know, we, we finally launched audit, that's when we really, uh, we meaning Two River Tech, my, uh, my MSP, we really went back to almost all, um, you know, traditional fact findings, stay out of the technical weeds, really, you know, drill in and try to unearth the problem first. And like you said, I believe the sale is, is, is made during that fact finding discovery stage. Because it also sets you apart. Um, you know, if you're one of three businesses that are all just trying to do data collection, you don't really stand out. And, you know, the business doesn't usually feel like you're listening to, you know, to them. If you actually go in with a fact finder and you're taking notes and you're asking the right questions and really drilling into all those problems and the impact those problems have and keep asking why and keep listening, you stand out. And then when you present your solution, what you're doing is you're, you're solving their problem, right? Sometimes they don't know what the problem is too. They just have a bunch of spaghetti in their head and they're frustrated, right? They things don't work and they don't know why. And, uh, you know, again, symptoms that are swimming around in their head. If you do this properly, you can help them organize, figure out the problems, present it to them. That's their current state. 
And then you show them a future state, which they're very much invested in now. And then whatever it costs should, you know, equal the value to get them there. Right, Better right. chance to make them that sell. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you, and if you want, want, for folks who are listening and watching this, if you want to dive into, dive into um, how to ask questions, the right, because that's, that's important. If you don't ask the right questions, you're not going to get to the problems. And, and you're, if you don't get to the problems, you're, that's why we say you're going, you know, the sale is made when you, when you first opened your mouth. So there's um, a blog post that we did last week called one of the most effective sales formulas you can use in your MSP. It's all on the blog and it has a bunch of questions that I've asked um, that I, you know, a little case study, a little example of, of how to ask some deep questions. You have to ask the right questions. You have to, you know, assume that the first one or two questions are going to be, and I hate to say that people are lying. It's it's just that sometimes people don't know what they don't, they don't know what they don't know, right? They don't know why they're talking to you or why they're looking to bring, you know, have a technical assessment done. They just, they think they need to change or they think they need to, to they, and they could be just, hey, you know, it's been two years with the current guy, let's shop around. So you have to ask, lead them down a path of asking continual questions that, really uncover and get them to tell you more so that you can dig, dig, dig. So, and, and I think it's always, it's always good to keep in mind what you're trying to do is, is close a deal, get a new client, right? Once they're your client, you're not, you, you know, you, you've got a, a much grander opportunity to go deep and to help them and educate them and, you know, show them all the other things that you could do and talk about product and service at that, at that point, um, you're trying to get a client and, um, they're not going to buy from you and say, yes, you know, people tend to stay with the devil they know versus the devil they don't know. And, uh, you know, longevity keeps people in there. You know, sometimes they feel like, Hey, I've been with this other, and we, I hear it all the time. Yeah. I'm with the other, the other guy and there's, here's a list of all the problems, but yeah, we just stay with them. And again, it's, it's, it, there's a, there's a little bit of uh, fear and uncertainty on their part of, of what, what could happen. But at the end of the day, I always keep in mind, I say, listen, I need to make this easy for the for the prospect to to buy from me. Right. I don't I don't. And for some reason, a lot of um, a lot of MSPs. And I think I did this early on, too, is because of my technical background. I felt that the key to getting them to buy from me was to give them an education and try to bring them up to the knowledge level that I had on these topics. And, you know, I'm showing up with these you know, inches thick reports and I'm trying to get them, I'm trying to prove to them that whatever my, you know, whatever my prescription is, is, is correct. And the reality is, is that that just it makes them want to run, right? Because they, they don't know what you're talking about. You bore them to death, their mind tunes out. And, uh, you know, many times those sales revert back to price find somebody else who's cheaper than you, they're doing the same thing, right? Talking tech, confusing them. I'll just buy whoever's cheaper. I don't know what these guys are talking about anyway. So I always try to remind myself that we got to expose the problems and whatever I'm going to sell them is going to be a solution to the problem. And ironically, a lot of times the products and services that are part of the solution are, aren't that important. And, you know, it's sort of like when you, you go buy a car, that's an emotional type of thing. You have a problem in that you need a new car. 
you go buy the car, that sales guy doesn't pop the hood. Those days are gone. Unless you're, you know, you're, you're a mechanic and you're buying a muscle car. I think, you know, nobody even knows what's under the hood. I remember one time I, I remember popping the hood on my car for something. I, well, it took me like a half hour to find the latch. I was like, <laughs> do people even like pop the hoods anymore? And I looked at the engine and I was like, I don't think I've ever seen the engine in this thing. Right. I mean, it wasn't as impressive as it was in like the, the eighties where, you know, I used to go, there was the carburetor and I would change the air filter. Now, like the whole thing looks like it's just sealed. And, uh, I, but you know, you don't, nobody sells that to you. You don't go there and, um, and get a parts list and nobody runs down like all the features of the tires and the shocks and all that stuff. What do you do? You go for a ride, right? That's like the solution. And you, 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 you fall in love with the, with the solution, the experience, the whole thing. Um, after you say, yeah, I'll buy it. Then they, you know, try to upsell you some stuff, right? A couple bells and whistles and they, you know, the, the warranty and stuff like that. But, you know, that's only after you've, you've committed to, to buying today. Right. Yeah. So I don't know why, you know, we would do that as an MSP is like, no one goes there and goes, well, you know, I'm looking for a set of tires with, you know, with, with, with a car attached to it. And, um, you know, I think again, try to try to keep sight that you got to find out where the problem is without no problem. There's no sale. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, as an example, so I'll, I'll, as we're ending off here and wrapping up for the week, I'm going to challenge uh, you as you're listening to this. What if you, for those of you who are audit users, what was the problem you had when you signed up with us, when you signed up on a trial, send me an email or comment here and we'll, we'll, we'll bring this up as we talk through this series. I'd love some examples from you all. Um, what problem did you, and I want you to analyze that because sometimes I think, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people and I ask them why they sign up and a lot of people don't know. Well, some, a friend told me I should, or, you know, I heard about, I heard about you through the, through an event I was at or something. And, and they kind of go, that looks interesting. Let me try it. But maybe you become users because of a problem that you're trying to solve. And, and so think about that. Why, what was the problem or what was the reason you signed up? What did you discover about the problems that you had as you were going through that trial signup process? And you can comment on the post here and we'll, we'll take a look at it or just shoot me a private email at Mike at audit4it.com, A-U-D-I-T-F-O-R-I-T.com. And um, we'll wrap up with one comment here from Matt, which is really great. Love to see this stuff. Matt said, thank you, guys. I started audit almost a year ago and then never really used it. I joined the live calls three or four weeks ago and in the last month have closed one to 2K in MRR because of audit. Man, that is awesome, Matt. Thank you for sharing that. That like makes our day to hear that you are making money because of uh, using this tool that we love <laughs> and we know it works. So great to uh, shoot me an email, Matt. I would love to hear from you and maybe we can get you next week to come on as well. If you, you know, if you're listening to this and you want to pop in, I don't want to pull you in as a surprise, you know, to you, but we'll organize it and get you on the, get you on next week if you'd like to, uh, to talk about it. So thank you for that comment. That was great. Actually, I'm going to, that's a great comment. I'm just going to leave that up here. So um, as we wrap up, so thanks, Frank. Thanks everybody for listening. And we'll be back next week to talk again, part two of the real thing you should be selling because it's not just about problem, but it starts with the problem. Next week, we're going to talk about the gap. Right on. All right. So have a great week, everybody. And we'll see you again here next week. Awesome. Thanks, Mike.